King's True Believers. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and nerds of all ages, welcome to Views from the Back of the Class. My name is Jermaine Barrick, but you can call me JB, and I'm here with my mans. hi oh, What's up, N-Words? It's Josh. That's funny. <laughs> I got thrown off a little bit as we were introducing ourselves, and then uh, I remember where I was at and what, what I was going to do, so I don't know. Mind fart, but... Uh, What's up, guys? I'm all about the, the, the phrase that I've coined or maybe I stole from somebody and I just can't remember is Rona brain because I can't remember anything. <laughs> that stuff actually, just kind of just kind of happens. It's a real thing. Like people are having different effects to the pandemic and what we've been going through and weird side effects. So I believe it 150 percent. And I believe it is definitely a thing because the other day I legit asked Donna if the sweet potatoes we had were bought for a reason or I could use them three times within 10 minutes. (laughs) At least you remember that you had sweet potatoes. Well, they were on the And you didn't go buy them twice. (laughs) Right. They were staring me in the face and I I just, I don't know what's wrong with me. Run the brain, man. It just, it just is. (laughs) Yeah. 2021 is the first quarter has gotten off with a bang. That's for sure to much clamor and uh, fan involvement. I said it on a recent episode, you know, people got what they want, I think. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. I don't think they did, <laughs> personally. <laughs> I, That's just me, though. <laughs> I've been um, avoiding any spoilers that I've come across. I haven't come across too many, which is kind of weird. You know, I've seen a couple of... Um, articles pop up like a review of and of course you nerds know what we're talking about like i don't have to explain it to you we're talking about Zack snyder's justice league or the snyder cut whatever you guys want to call it i don't know what it's being referred to online because i'm avoiding it but it came out this week and of course we have to check it out you know we have to see it i don't think hbo and warner did it to appease the fans i think they did it to kind of sell hbo max i do like that they're listened to you know the fans being like hey we weren't really happy with justice league let us see the original intended vision from the the director from Zack snyder and of course he couldn't finish the film because he had tragedy in his family unfortunately but they gave him the opportunity and i think like 25 30 million dollars to do it and it's out what that means i don't know i'll tell you what it means it's gonna be a beautiful mess y'all have seen Zack snyder films before I was not, um, and you guys probably remember me saying this, I just wasn't super excited about it. I don't, I've never really loved Zack Snyder's movies like that. Like, they look beautiful. They're shot really well all the time. Like, the action scenes are dope. The visuals that he chooses to use are really good. He shoots good angles. The coloring is dope. But, like, as a, as a, 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 fully fleshed out project they just leave me wanting something every time 
Like y'all trying to act like you didn't see Sucker Punch. I have not seen Sucker Punch. And Lies. I, if I'm remembering correctly, I remember when you guys were going to the go see it at the theater or something, and I did not go. And that might be right. Because <laughs> it was something I just did not really want to see. It was like one of the ones I was like, I can wait for this to come to Redbox because this is back in the day. Redbox. <laughs> Or I guess streaming was a thing then, so maybe it was going to come to Netflix, but we didn't know that. I don't know. But yeah, I didn't want to see I don't it. think it was yet. Not at that time. I can agree with you. Like, I don't... I'm going to say something controversial, which I don't care about because I'll still be right. And that is, there are three people in Hollywood who focus on sci-fi and stuff like that, who people feel like are visionaries. And everything they do is great. And I don't agree with it at all. And it's Josh Whedon. They all start with J's, huh? Josh Whedon, J.J. Abrams, who I personally feel like is a hack, and Zack Snyder. Because <laughs> I've never really enjoyed a lot of their films. I think the, the one that I did enjoy was Man of Steel. That was like the first Zack Snyder film that I actually liked. 300, mm. meh, the sequel, eh. Didn't see Sucker Punch, and I'm trying to think what else he's done. Watchmen. Oh, did not like Watchmen at all. Hated Watchmen. I thought there were some cool things in it, but overall, did not like the movie. Uh, you know, I'm that not... seems to be an, a, a recurring theme, like with with Snyder films, at least for me. You know, I can't speak for anyone else. Man of Steel being a prime example of that, like in this DC sandbox, because when Man of Steel came out. I didn't really care for it the first time. There were a lot of elements to it that I just didn't like. It didn't feel like we didn't get to see Superman be Superman for very long. Mm -hmm. And then the next time we see him is like Batman versus Superman Civil War style. Don't get me started on this whole thing. (laughs) But I've I've grown to appreciate Man of Steel over time. Mm -hmm. The things that I didn't enjoy about it, I still don't necessarily enjoy but i don't feel like the project as a whole is as bad as i originally probably would have reviewed it as i agree i I liked man of steel initially like when it came out you know i didn't think it was like great i didn't think it was like oh this is you know a new uh story for superman or anything like that i think you're right like we did miss we saw instances of clark being heroic throughout his he getting to the point of becoming Superman as he's kind of like finding himself. You see him, you know, pulling this uh, ship through frozen ocean or whatever, things like that. You see that that's cool. Um, I think man of steel was missing that element of we needed more of him. Even if he's not in the, you know, the, the Cape and the tights, uh, more instances of him doing that, saving people, uh, finding out who he is. And then we get that with, he fights, um, Zarel, and the other Kryptonians, and then you're right. There's no follow-up movie. There's not anything that we really that instills in us in this Superman why we really should care about him. Exactly. In story. And even, like, the, like, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say that, like the thing that kind of bugged me about this is uh, the thing with Superman that makes him kind of polarizing in some ways is the Boy Scout thing, right? He's mm-hmm. this you know, throwback character with values that, you know, from a a bygone era. Yeah. And back when America was great. Exactly. Exactly. 
And because of that, he kind of comes off as corny, you know, to a more modern sensibility. But that's what also makes him Superman. Right. Despite all of the grim existence around him, he was always the big blue Boy Scout. And the first like major heroic thing that we see from this Superman in this universe is to execute a Kryptonian. Now, I get it. He didn't have a choice. Right. I totally understand that. But that is completely atypical to the Superman that we know. And I get that, you know, you got to make the tough decisions. And if you make them, you make them. But those things for that to be the thing that he did or the only thing that we really knew him for up to that point, it kind of changes what the character is. So why should we care about him the same way that, you know, millions of people do? He hasn't built up that cachet with the audience and we're we're just supposed to go along with the ride. And maybe I'm being, you know, overly critical. I've been told that before. Don't care because that's just <laughs> how I see it. Yeah, this is not your grandfather Superman. This is like a new age Superman who's down right. to be judge, jury and executioner because he thinks it's the right thing to do. No, I agree. It's kind of weird. Like, I, I wasn't one of those people who was upset that he killed Zod. Mm-hmm. I think I, I called him Zarel earlier. I meant to say Zod. Sorry. But that he killed Zod. I thought it was interesting. But, yeah. I mean, I get it. He didn't have a choice. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen the the Superman that we, quote, know and love before we got to that point. If we could have got some of the yeah, uh, more saccharine character traits that, that we associate with him, that makes it a little more easy to stomach, in my opinion. Mm. Especially since the very next time we see him, you know, it's a, a, a fight to the death, quite literally. Spoiler yeah. alert. You ain't seen BVS. Yeah, I and I, there was a couple other falls in that movie too. I thought the scene with where Jonathan Kent dies is kind of a pointless scene for his backstory. To me, I don't understand the connection between you know a tragedy and heroism. But out of all of his work that I can think of right now, and I'll go into bashing J.J. Uh, Abrams and Josh Whedon and other episodes. And, and my complaints against Josh Whedon too are not over his recent allegations of misconduct and being a douchebag and douchebaggery that he's been accused of. But I think at the top of my list of movies is Man of Steel. And I think Zack Snyder, whether it's earned or unearned, and I think it's more earned, is that he has kind of a bro reputation. You know what I mean? Like, And I don't right. mean him personally. I mean his, his work's like, oh my goodness, have you seen 300? Like, dude, right. that's so awesome and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, mm, that's not... Internet is going to come for you for that bro voice. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. I think that's one reason. I mean, I didn't care too much for the movie. Um, I didn't read the comic book or anything like that. So it, it, I thought it was okay. You know, it wasn't anything that I thought was profound. And so far, having not seen his cut of justice league, if the best movie in your catalog is man of steel, uh, doesn't resonate much with me or i don't think the masses right i mean especially since between man of steel bvs and justice league like you got some really really interesting characters and the balls just got dropped you know consistently now here here's my kind of my beef with justice league as well you know it gets bashed and people will call it like the justice league 
and kind of disassociate Zack Snyder from the whole film. Um, I think that's a mistake. I think that is, you know, there are clearly elements of this that are very much Zack Snyder. Like to me, Justice League looked like a Zack Snyder film that Joss Whedon kind of touched up a little bit. You mm-hmm. can totally see the elements where Joss came in because because of the bad comedy. Like that's what he does. Mm-hmm. His comedic timing didn't really work with like a Zack Snyder style of shooting, so it just it was a little bit off putting. Mm-hmm. You didn't but, fit the gritty universe that Snyder had kind of no, come together. Yeah, not at all, not at all. And it wasn't just the Flash. Like you could do that with that particular character and it not feel out of place. Because he's the awkward one. So that makes sense, right? If this one particular person is awkward. Because if it's it's, uh, Barry Allen, then yes. But if right, it's, uh, and it was, and it was Barry Allen, and sorry, and that's no, that's I'm why not Barry it, Allen. I'm sorry, I mean, I mean, if it's Wally West, then yes, the awkward comedic Flash makes sense. Barry Allen to me is more of a, of a serious Flash. When you look at the the flashes, other than um, oh man, I can't think of the other one now. The one who wore the hat, Jay Garrick. Jay Garrick, yeah. Anyway, I would disagree true. with that. I would disagree with that. I think, especially compared to Batman, for instance, he kind of can come off as a bit silly and. Um, self-deprecating and stuff and and again i was cool with that mm-hmm. even in a dialogue that wouldn't have been as off-putting as say you know trying to make uh wonder woman be comedic but then you know surfer bro aquaman and anyway i'm i, I didn't mean to go into this whole long thing about justice league it's just that um the whole idea of like release the snyder cut to me is you know, people were disappointed with the film and just kind of disconnecting or, or removing Zack Snyder from really responsibility like it was all on Joss Whedon. And, and I just don't think that was the case. Like watching the movie and being familiar with both of these directors work, I can see where both of them had influence and both of them definitely were a part of this this Frankenstein film. <laughs> And that, I mean, that's kind of what we got. So I think it's a case of too many chefs in the kitchen, though, because like, sure. you do have you kind of know. And um, I guess we'll, we'll get into it a little bit later. It's kind of like if you have a vision for what, you know, the structure of our episode is going to be. And then I'm like, oh, this is my vision, too. And like we try to make it work, but it doesn't come out well. And I think that's kind of what it was because they're not even a, they weren't really on the same page because Snyder had. No, a, they weren't. Um, he right. he had shot things a certain way and had because Justice League was supposed to be two parts. It was supposed to be right. you know, part one and part two. That's how it was designed. Right. And, and when they completed it, uh, they released it as one standalone movie. And uh, part two was to be alluded to or they were going to build up to the to, to dark side. Right. And I think in the Snyder Cut, we're getting dark side. So I think we are. Gonna, we're going to get a better view of what Snyder intended and I think that may make it all the difference in, in the movie and it's funny too because you know I, I harp on Zack Snyder and what he's done and everything like that like his movies are okay they're enjoyable um, I don't think that there's uh, much rewatchable value to a lot of them you know if you mm-hmm. see it you're like okay yeah I've seen that that's cool I get the pop culture references of you know we are Sparta and all that crap I get it 
Right. So there's that effect. But there were some things he did really, really well. Like, I really enjoyed the new Superman in costume. I really enjoyed Batman's costume. I enjoyed, for Batman versus Superman and uh, Justice League, I think the parts, to me, that kind of look really bad and it's unsalvageable is Cyborg. And I think that's just his use of CGI. It has a distinctive look. And I hate Flash's costume. It is horrible. Because, you know, you sign into whatever streaming service you use nowadays, and it's up there. And you have the entire Justice League, Superman, Aquaman, blah, blah, blah. And you see Flash, and Flash's costume is horrible compared to all the others. The others are believable. They look great. Flash looks like garbage. It's PVC strung together with, like, dental floss over, like, a black (laughs) leotard. It's terrible. His little ear things look ridiculous. His helmet looks stupid. Like I can't. <laughs> I know you're supposed to suspend your disbelief, but I just can't get over how bad. It's like they didn't even think about how Flash should look. They're just like, oh, crap, he needs a costume. What do we have left? Well, we were using this to make a cow, but uh, <laughs> let's just cut those <laughs> bad ears off of it. Slap it on Flash. What if they were thinking about that, though? Because uh, quite frankly, he's the only one on the team that's broke. So maybe his costume would look like that. Maybe that was a creative choice. So now you're 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 like poor shaming me. <laughs> no, just something that you might not have thought. And I could be wrong, right? Like I'm giving them benefit of the doubt that maybe they didn't need. I legitimately like can't even picture any distinctive thing about his costume. I didn't really love the Flash in Justice League anyway. Me either. The movie overall just left a lot to be desired. But things that were good were good. Like the whole beginning part on Themyscira, like that was dope. Yeah. That was amazing. Again, shot beautifully. Zack Snyder does that really well. Like you're going to get really good visuals. The fight scenes are always really good. So I anticipate that, Mm -hmm. you know, the Snyder cut is going to have a lot of that. With it being four hours, I'm hoping that the pacing issues that, you know, the Franken movie had will be resolved. I'm looking forward to that. But I've seen enough of Zack Snyder's work to know or at least to anticipate that it's just I just don't expect it to be that great. Like, I think we're going to get more of the same. Maybe that'll be enough. Right. Maybe that'll be enough for people to be satisfied with it. I'm quite sure that, you know, Warner and HBO are happy with it because, I mean, we're talking about it right now, right? So mission accomplished for them. And I know we both have HBO Max. So there you go. And I I certainly didn't buy it for this. No, (laughs) absolutely not. And truly, they don't care why you buy it, right? Just buy it. Buy it and keep it. Buy it and keep it. And, you know, for the people who didn't, you know, maybe purchase it prior to, and maybe they were waiting for this. Like, I'm, I'm sure that their numbers um, for subscriptions skyrocketed in anticipation of this, I mean, especially I, since we've been kind of starved of superhero content, excepting <coughs> WandaVision. <coughs> All we had was WandaVision, though, and that that came to an end. Mm-hmm. I know Falcon and Winter Soldier are also beginning, you know, around the same time as, as uh, Justice League. But Justice League, I think. Between those two are, is is a much larger deal, especially with, you know, the, the fan campaign behind us even getting it to begin with. Like you mentioned the pacing, I think it's four hours. So 
it is it's four hours i think that might help with the pacing i think it might help explain a lot it's been a while since i've watched justice league i think i've only seen it maybe one and a half times one and a half (laughs) (laughs) once in theaters and maybe a couple of times it's been on like tv and i've been like oh let me let's watch this might be fun and i'm like no let me go ahead and watch something else so you're a masochist got it (laughs) apparently glutton for punishment and disappointment but i think that the hopefully in four hours it kind of fixes the pacing and i it kind of addresses some of those expounding a little bit more in the characters and what's going on and I don't have any reservation about like any of the fight scenes or anything like that. I'm kind of more interested in the explanation because I don't think it was ever really if you know, you know, but I don't think for the you know moviegoer, why in the world is Batman so obsessed or motivated to put together this team because he had a dream, right? He he had a dream. I mean, this is a man who who is constantly bombarded with nightmares, right? Of reliving his parents' um, death and things like that, and he he had a dream, and that's why he wants to put it together. So I hope they kind of explain that a little bit more and allude to that. I hope I I think I hope that we get, and I think we probably will, because I think they'll probably kind of like try to backdoor it a little bit expound a little bit more on the Green Lantern Corps. You know, we know that's going to be an HBO Max original series. We have uh, Steppenwolf and we have Darkseid who are going to be prominent in this film. I think they need to kind of address, because there there is a bigger universe, what the heck the Lantern Corps is, is doing about it. Agree. You know, story-wise, I just, I really just want them to fill those holes and explain a little bit more and also to kind of give us a little more depth to the characters so that we have a reason to care about them. And I hope that we get rid of another, you know, Martha esque scene where Lois shows up and, you know, Clark is all of a sudden, he's like snapped back to reality and like, Oh, Lois, you know, like we, we need more of that to just, so it doesn't feel as clunky. Right. It's not going to be Zack Snyder's the dark Knight. I do think, and I, I think he's I'm gonna, just not good enough. No, no. And, and, you know, I don't think it's going to be that transitional of a superhero film like Avengers was, or like, uh, the dark Knight was, I mean, there's a reason why the dark Knight is, you know, one, not only one of the best superhero films ever made, but one of the best films made. Um, and it's storytelling and it's pacing and it's, right. you know, cinematography and all these things. Um, and, and, uh, dialogue and all these things that come together that make a good story and right that was a film where you had the joker you had two-face and things like that and sometimes you have movies like that where there's so many villains that it messes up the story but it wasn't there and that's the case that we have here we're gonna have steppenwolf we're gonna have dark side and maybe someone else i'm not sure and you know hopefully that doesn't take away from the the film and uh, muddy it up or make it more confusing because if they screw this up, what's what's next? I mean, I know we have Wonder Woman three in the works, Wonder Woman two, not good, uh, Aquaman two is in the works, but if they screw this up, they might as well just implode the whole thing and just try to somehow springboard off the Batman and incorporate Gal Gadot into that or something. Well, that's that's the other thing. Like, this is 
as I understand it, is supposed to be like kind of an Elseworlds situation. Mm. Like the movies that are in production are whatever they will be, whatever the plan was prior to this. Because I don't see how you tie whatever's happening in this Justice League to those future films unless, you know, when Snyder started doing his reshoots that he reached out to these other directors and will try to incorporate whatever they're doing into it, which I don't recall hearing being the case. And also, even if you were doing that, then it doesn't really work with the existing story that you were trying to tell to begin with. So you're going to end up with another Franken movie. I don't, (laughs) I think this is supposed to be like a standalone thing. And then whatever DC is going to do moving forward will be it. However, if this is like a, you know, huge success and he knocks it out of the park, DC is not going to know what to do because now you got all of this money invested and in going in a completely different direction. This thing becomes a success. And now all of the fans become are going to start clamoring for, you know, developing stories off of this. The whole thing could have been resolved if they just took their time to begin with. Mm-hmm. Like the reason why the Avengers worked when it did was because they built up to it. They had, you know, several films leading up to that. The reason why Civil War worked because you had several more films that led up to that. You you know, people cared about these characters. Batman and Superman and to a lesser degree, Wonder Woman, way more iconic characters, way more recognizable. Thousand percent prior to you know, the explosion of the MCU way more recognizable than any of the characters that Marvel used with the exception of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And they, they blew it. It's as simple as that from Man of Steel to Justice League. And I guess it wouldn't even be Justice League. It would probably be what Suicide Squad, I guess, was the the last one before moving in a new direction with your, you know, Aquaman and Wonder Woman 84 and everything else and Shazam. I forgot about Um, Shazam, which I actually liked. Yeah, we'll see. As far as what I would like to see out of it, the points that you made were probably similar to what I was thinking. I would add to that Cyborg. Like, why do we only get 35 seconds of Cyborg? He kind of should be at the center of it because if the mother boxes are the... um, kind of the thing that Steppenwolf is going for and it's the center of the whole conflict like the dude is literally connected to it right he's mm-hmm. made out of the same technology he should be at the center of all of that aside from um and this is kind of my opinion in general like cyborg should be at the center of pretty much everything that's happening both in print and in film with the Justice League because of where we are in society. Like, everything is tech-based. Mm-hmm. Everything is tech-based. You don't have a better person to deal with technological threats than Cyborg. Right. He shouldn't be relegated to just, you know, a sidekick. He needs to be, you know, top villain. No, he's not as strong as Superman. No, he's not as skilled as Batman. You know, he's not a war- born warrior like Wonder Woman, but he has a particular set of skills. Mm-hmm. Geek squad. Basically. <laughs> so I-, I really hope that, you know, this one does a lot more with Cyborg 
what we got of him, you know, was decent. Um, we just didn't get enough. Yeah, I agree. I hope he's a bigger part. And it, it, to me, it only makes sense that he's a bigger part in, in that manner. I'm hopeful for the movie. I mean, I don't really have high expectations. I think it, it will be more enjoyable right. than the first one. But I, I really just hope that they kind of can fix where they're going with everything because it's a, like like we've mentioned in several episodes throughout the dawn of the existence of this podcast has been mentioned you know d- so many times that dc is a mess and for one we don't know what's happening in this universe because this is a, you know justice league is the last thing we've seen up to this point other than that we've seen stories told in the past well i guess we saw aquaman but that didn't really allude to too much yeah i can't even remember was that a prequel or not no, I don't think it was. I think it was after. It was after. Okay. And then as was uh Suicide Squad. We also got Suicide Squad and Birds of Prey. I didn't see Birds of Prey and don't wasn't really good. Want to. <laughs> I don't think it was. So we really don't know what's going on in this universe. Hopefully they kind of put it on a path. The issue that I'm kind of interested in seeing is not only did you like you said they rushed it, but you're starting with your big bad, you know one of the biggest bad characters in the DC universe. So where do you go mm-hmm. from here? You got Darkseid. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see if they can get back on track. You know, Justice League 2, Darkseid's back. I would like to see kind of a new storytelling. So I kind of hope that, that they address the storyline, right, and put it back in a place where they can kind of move forward and kind of expand this story and universe and that you can incorporate Shazam into the fold and, and where that franchise is going and springboard and introduce more characters we know we're, we're getting some small screen stuff in the Green Lantern Corps and, and everything. But, you know, I do want to see storytelling from this. So I kind of hope that this writes the ship. That's a hard task to do. But at the same time, not that difficult, I, I wouldn't imagine, because just because it's already kind of a mess. So if you just put something out cohesive, I think that kind of helps point you in the right direction. No, because it doesn't tie in like the Batman, Black Adam new gods all of these films that are in development or you know have shot or whatever are kind of what they are and they are separate from whatever the snyder cut is going to do so for it to be a cohesive story like it oh and the flash by the way the movie that's never going to happen never happening you've heard that's the that's honestly that's the thing that will no right (laughs) and i've been saying that (laughs) for a couple years now at this point that's the one that can save it all, though. Like, that's your get-out-of-jail-free card so basically with just about anything. Paradox. It doesn't have to be Flashpoint Paradox, necessarily. But it should be something with time travel and the speed force that allows you, and the multiverse that allows you to kind of shatter and rebuild the whole thing. And if you do that, now you can take elements from anything that you want. Problem is, I think, and this is supposed to be about you know warner and i I don't want to you know speak too much on mickey and what they're doing but i think that's (laughs) the direction that the mcu was going in so i don't know dc is uh putting themselves in a tough spot for sure i hope they don't go that way just because i'm tired of the multiverses and time travel and everything like that how we got one multiverse reference between the two big houses and it was on tv we got the multiverse, you know, in the uh, CW verse. And it was I mean, obviously, we're going to get more of that in the MCU with um, Doctor Strange. And it seems to be alluding to that with Spider-Man. Just because I think it's uh, it's lazier storytelling. 
because it allows you, like you said, to just go ahead and just undo things and fix it. But uh, that's just my piece about it. But, you know, going back to this film, I don't can't get any worse, guys. Like, like really, it can't be, it can't be <laughs> any worse. Even in four hours, like, I just don't think it's possible for this to get any worse. And I'll use another bad movie as an example of maybe that's not a good example. I was going to compare the last Jedi to the rise of Skywalker and how it just basically undid everything that they had going for it. Oh yeah. But you know what? I can use that because so basically JJ Abrams screwed a, a knives out guy. I can't think of his name. Um, Weiner guy, Ryan Johnson, Ryan Johnson. Yeah. Weiner Johnson, as I call him. Indeed. He undid a lot of what he, what he did in, in the last Jedi, but instead of like undoing it and making it better, he just, screwed it even worse but if they can do that with this to kind of address those things because if this becomes canon for this universe in the timeline and they fix those errors from the past and um, or basically undo justice league then it, it's still kind of open they can fit aquaman they could fit suicide squad into this universe they i haven't seen birds of prey so i'm not sure but i'm sure they could tuck that in there too as long as they kind of, because where everything just went off the rails was Justice League initially. Yeah, but then it was bad, 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 bad on top of that. And I don't even think it was Justice League that went it off, that made it go off the rails. It was BVS. Yeah, it was. But BVS was a timing thing. It was a timing. It was a pacing. The only saving grace from that movie was Wonder Woman. Right. And this is story-wise. Like, again, issues with these movies are stories. Typically, the cinematography is good. Mm-hmm. The costumes are good. The action sequences we know are good because of who's behind mm-hmm. the camera. But it's the story and pacing and things. Batman vs Superman was a disappointment. I'm trying to think back when it when this stuff was released, I think we gave DC the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, okay, Justice League is happening. It's kind of happening pretty quick, but I think it might be good. And then it wasn't. And it's kind of like, ooh. Well, that screwed things up. And then you, you had Aquaman come out. And you're like, okay, Aquaman's good. And then you had Wonder Woman come out. Like, oh, this was good, but this takes place in the 1910s. Uh, so how do you progress the story that you guys were trying to lay out or build this universe? Because Justice League was just not interesting. It wasn't great. You, you left us hanging. And we know that Darkseid is coming, but when? And then why should we even care? Because there's not... There, there wasn't much to care about. Like, Stefan Wolf is going to bring destruction to to the Earth by himself. Cool. I mean... I was cool with that, though. Yeah, that's right. It, but we, don't, we don't know Darkseid yet. Like, if you don't know him, then there's no reason to think that Stefan Wolf couldn't do that or wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. But we already know the entire Earth is at stake. Life on Earth is at stake at that point in time. I don't need you to spend 20 minutes of film saving people in a village because you know what if you don't stop steppenwolf it doesn't matter if you move them outside of the radius of whatever right well batman had to have something to do and that's what i hope too in this movie they give him something more to do than to coordinate a, a rescue effort i mean it's important i think in scenes where something like that should happen earlier in the movie again this is like a pacing thing where you mm-hmm. know there's a battle going on it's like hey let's get these civilians out because we don't know what's at stake yet too it, it just reminded me of another movie where uh and we talked about this kind of not on the show but just you know a conversation about 
uh, Age of Ultron, where it's like, you know, it's not as bad as it as it was when we, when I first saw it. I kind of like it a little bit more. Right. But that whole the ending of uh, it, it was very reminiscent of Age of Ultron. I thought the ending and the original Justice League with saving the, the townspeople and stuff and right. Sokovia and, and this. I was just kind of like, that's that's kind of weird. Like, Josh Whedon, we've seen this before. Do something new. You're, you're supposed to be a visionary. You know, I, I don't know, man. It's hard to tell. I'm, ex- I'm excited to, which sounds really weird. I'm excited to see it all four hours and of it. <laughs> like I said, it, they can only make it better, hopefully. Because if they somehow manage to not do that in four hours, just pull the plug. Pull the plug. Right. Right, right. You, I, I don't even know how you fix it from there. Well, we will find out. So you guys will get a couple of minutes difference. <laughs> but for us, it's going to be a little bit longer. It's going to be a uh, so sti- hours. Right. So stick around with us for a little while. Josh and I are going to sit down and watch this, and we will be right back. Yeah, I, I would just love if after this we were just kind of like, wow, that was amazing. Like, I'm hopeful that, that that happens. That is because you are a beautiful person that oozes positivity. Me, I ain't that dude. <laughs> I am not anticipating that. I would love for that to happen. I don't see it. I guess it's not so much class dismissed as uh, we're going to take a short recess and we'll be right back. That was quick, right? The the magic of podcasting. We have watched Zack Snyder's Justice League, and we're back just like that. It's a terrible name, by the way. <laughs> Do you know what's terrible? That four to three screen ratio. I was not expecting that. Yeah, it was kind of douchey. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, Maybe it looks better on the big screen. And it's it's a complaint that I essentially got used to. But for the first maybe like 10 minutes of the movie, I was kind of really thrown off by that because I was just like four to three. And then I was also thrown off by trying to simultaneously, you know, watch Zack Snyder's Justice League and then remember what was in the theatrical release. Like, how did that begin? And I was like, oh, yeah, Mustache Gate. Like, that's how it started with that horrible CGI that never should have ever, ever made it to the final cut. Right. I give it points because I thought it was a better intro than. Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't know that I loved the intro to this one either. I mean, I suppose it was appropriate for what the story, you know, was going to end up being, but. It was kind of confusing, though, because if you didn't see the previous movies, you really... Right. Yes, you understand, like, Superman is dying very, very uh, graphically, but then you don't really know what's going on with, like, the mother boxes and everything else. And also, it's a little bit weird, nitpicky, because we're watching a movie about metahumans and aliens and <laughs> boom boxes and living technology, but I don't think sound waves travel underwater like that. <laughs> Clearly, and <laughs> and Zack Snyder knows that, or somebody on his team knows that, because every time people had to speak, they had to go into bubbles of air to be heard. So they knew that sound waves don't travel through water that way. And yet, <laughs> they did it anyway. But what I'll say with that is maybe it was not a sound wave. Maybe there was some sort of energy that was traveled through 
Superman's death rattle or whatever, and it wasn't an actual sound wave, but some other sort of energy like that a could away from like the impact of of right Doomsday. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I could get past it, but I was just kind of like, that's kind of, um, I guess, Zack Snyder's vision. So, I guess I suspend my disbelief a little bit on that one, even though I, I think it's kind of ridiculous. It's a it's a dropping bombs in space <laughs> equivalent to me, but I'll let it go. Wasn't as bad as Mary Poppins, I could say that. Uh, not much is. <laughs> Unless, well, we're not going to go into Star Wars. No, no, not at all. <laughs> we're on record. So what'd you think? <sighs> okay. So I tried really, really hard to purge my brain of the theatrical cut and just accept this for a completely separate thing. And that was helpful. Overall, it was okay. Like there were parts of it that I really enjoyed. There were parts of it that I really did not enjoy. I think some of the complaints that I had about the previous version of Justice League remain. I do feel like a lot of what I predicted the movie to be kind of came to fruition. I was hoping to be wrong, but it looked good, which is what I anticipated. But some of the story was lacking. Uh, Some of the dialogue was flat. Some of the decisions with character development just didn't make a lot of sense to me, but very much in line with what Zack Snyder's vision was. So I guess that's more of a personal choice or a personal preference thing with me. Considering what we had, it was it was, you know, leaps and bounds ahead of the uh, Franken film we got. (laughs) But I still think it left a lot to be desired personally, even with the improvements. I mean, my initial take of of the movie is, um, I think a complaint that I've I've since I've watched it, I've looked online a little bit to uh, not reading other people's reviews, but just kind of like headlines about it, is that it's a little bit too long. You know, it's it's interesting if you take out all the slow mo scenes or cut them down by like twenty five percent, the movie's only three and a half hours. But <laughs> it's a Zack Snyder film. It looks very much like a Zack Snyder film. There right. are things and scenes and stuff that were shot really awesome. I mean, we. And then sometimes, you know, the slow-mo looks really good, but I think it was overused a lot and it wasn't hidden in the length of the film. You know what I mean? Like it's like, oh, four hours, but you know, the last time they used it was two hours ago. So you forgot. It was kind of like, oh, that last pivotal scene, they did this and you know, they had this slowdown thing and oh, now they're doing it again, 10 minutes later. Right. I know that's kind of how he shoots. And in some scenes, I think it works really well. Like in the beginning, um, which uh, greater, a, a better beginning than, than Justice League, the theatrical one, um, or the Franken movie, as you call it. I think I'll call it that, too. <laughs> better beginning, Steppenwolf a, against the Amazons and stuff. It, you know, it's not without its flaws or whatever, but the scene where all the Amazons are, like, holding him back from the mother box and how they slowed it down, and, and you could see, like, everyone is swarming him. I thought that was a cool shot. Yeah. It looked really good. So... I think I, I kind of had the bar a little low in the A part of our conversation that it's like, hey, it can't be any worse. And it's not. It's just it's just really long. You know, one of the first notes I took during the movie is like, why does this movie exist? Because it wasn't anything different at that point in time. Even 
throughout the movie, we do get a lot of changes between uh, the Franken movie and this. But at the end, you know, by the time the final credits roll, it's kind of like, what was the point of that? Like four years for this? I disagree. It does a better job of pushing the DC movie universe forward than the last one did. But at the end of the day, because they rushed to get to this point, they spent a lot of time, which in rightfully so, expounding on other characters like Flash and Cyborg and more right. of their backstory to introducing them. And they spent a lot of time doing that for this movie to kind of make it flow a little bit better. But to me, the flow is still kind of off and still a little bit choppy. So I thought it was better. I gave up trying to compare or try to figure out what was new, what was cut from the Franken movie. I actually even considered going back and rewatching that one to see what was in it and what wasn't. And then I was like, nope, not that big of a deal. Like, <laughs> no, 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 I don't, <laughs> no, I don't need to see it. And I think that's beneficial too, because um, it's been a while, you know, it's not something that's in the rotation for me to rewatch. So to me, this is kind of going into it a little bit new, but um, all in all, I, it's hard for me to say it was a success, but it wasn't, you know, a super failure either. And I'm not trying to throw puns out there. I think that it like you know much of everything else it depends on you know what the metrics are that are being used to measure success there seems to be a lot of positive feedback I've not really spent a lot of time you know looking at what people had to say but in in a lot of ways it's kind of unavoidable but I wanted to make sure that we discussed it before I really gave any credence to what other people had to say if nothing else, I would say it was a success because the film got made. Like the the fans, you know, got their voices heard and had an opportunity to, you know, get some real change. People asked for it and they got it. Um, now, what we ended up with is what we ended up with. And I don't know, you know, if this is what the fans, air quotes, were looking for. Maybe it was. Um, for me, I felt like it was a bit let down. And, and there, like I said, there were things that I didn't really love about it. What I will say, since you, you kind of brought it up, you were talking about the opening scene with the Amazons. Honestly, and I think I don't remember if I text this to you or not, but I put this in my notes as I was going over it. Like the Amazons might very well be the best thing in the DC universe. Like consistently, every time we've seen them, they have been flawless. And it didn't matter who the director was that showed it to us. Right. If it was Patty Jenkins, if it was Zack Snyder, if it was Joss Whedon, they have been dope. And not just, you know, Wonder Woman, not just Gal Gadot, but all of them. Everyone, they're crushing it. Yes. And uh, Hippolyta was a beast. She got a little bit more of the action, even though it was you know, uh, obviously a lot of the same scenes were, were used. Um, but it feels like she got a little bit more action going in the uh, Snyder cut. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that because she is a queen, but she's a warrior. Like all of these women, mm -hmm. that's what they do. Like they bout that action boss. And, you know, she was not the type of queen who are just going to let, you know, her subjects for lack of a better word, take on the fight. She, got in there, got the mother box. She's commanding the troops, but she's on the field. And, you know, when Steppenwolf finally 
did get it, it's kind of like a not necessarily a showdown because he didn't like go after her or anything like that. But, you know, he's talking to her. She had a um, an Amazon down, but she, you know, draw her weapon. She's like, all right, let's let's go. We gonna we gonna go ahead and do this. Like she was willing to die on the field. And that was just really cool to see. Not that, you know, you want to see see her die or I wasn't rooted for that or anything like that, but to see her strength in that way. Right. And she's not even, you know, the quote hero. This is just their culture. And I think that it was, you know, shown very much. Mm -hmm. So just, just another time it was, it was really cool to see that. Yeah. I liked her too. I liked her scene too. And you know, when they took the, um, it wasn't really a prison. I don't know the uh, building down where they were housing the mother box and, everything that was going on you know she showed a crap ton of strength but also too there was like a mourning of for the loss of life of her of her people but also you know like kind of like a determination with her too that you know like hey this this is uh an issue that's bigger than me or you or in in the grand scheme of things the few lives that were lost to make sure that this does not fall back into their hands because uh, that means the end of life for everybody. Right. I enjoyed her. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed seeing Themyscira. I feel like we saw it a little bit more, maybe longer than we've seen in uh, any of the other films. You know, I thought that part was good. That whole Age of Heroes scene was was pretty cool, too. Yeah. And that was I actually like one of the things that was done well in the first one, too. I'll give uh, Whedon credit for that. Well, that was clearly Snyder's footage, but... Because Snyder did not use anything Whedon shot. Which I think I'm... Ah, did he? And one of the few things I read is that he didn't use any footage that Whedon shot. He only used footage that he shot. Okay. You know, I don't know um, if that's 100% true or not, but that's what I read. Oh, the Age of Heroes scene. My only complaint is the Green Lantern got taken out a little bit too easy uh, at that point in time. But I like the pacing of where they put it in the Snyder Cut. I agree. I thought it it made more sense. I agree in that respect and in the storytelling. So I was like, Oh, okay. Same scene, but it's a different impact a little bit just because of, of how it's being told or laid out. No, I, I definitely agree with that one. Now the film is all jumbled up in my brain as far as what happened when in, in sequence. So you're going to have to be our tour guide for this one, Josh. <laughs> I have my notes and I have my comments. I just can't remember, especially because we go through different points in history you know we go from present to past to present to future to present to maybe future alternate future who knows so yeah you're gonna have to carry us along through there and i'll just chime in with my my meaningless uh jibber jabber and that's one thing i didn't really care about i care for is like it got confusing sometimes with the flashbacks because it you know they didn't really there was nothing on screen that kind of told you what was going on it was just like this flash and it's like oh wait did is bruce dreaming again what's going on or maybe i just missed it or something i was like looking down i'll do my best to uh put it chronologically what i I did really enjoy just overall i'll say there were a lot of like little easter eggs in here that i kind of dug like ryan Choi working with star and you know eventually getting to be the well I guess this ain't a big spoiler, but for him to um, end up, you know, running Star Labs. But I thought that was a, a pretty cool nod that he would have been in there. And if they were going to continue on this path by just kind of dropping him in there, 
you know, we have an opportunity. All right, well, there's the 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 Adam, you know, that could be uh, somebody that could be tapped in a future uh, future film. Same thing with uh, Crispus Allen later on. Um, that was pretty cool to see too. And obviously Martian Manhunter, although that one was like in your face obvious, where the Ryan Choi and the Christmas Allen ones were, I think, a little more subtle, which I still found to be pretty cool. It was a way to do some fan service without being really heavy handed with it. I did not like the Martian Manhunter reveal. I thought it was kind of like a pointless scene. Like I, I wrote down Martian Manhunter has been here the whole time. And then where where have you been been at? Because right, right. we had Man of Steel, we had Batman versus Superman, we have Justice League, and he is nowhere to be around. I mean, he's um, apparently he's General, uh, uh, I can't think of the actor's name now, or the, the name of the character. But even then, at the end of the movie, he makes no sense because he doesn't show up in the showdown to help them defeat Steppenwolf. And then only after that, he appears to Bruce Wayne, he's like, oh... Um, you know, hey, I, I realize that my uh, I have bigger ties to Earth than I thought. You know, it's like, well, thanks for telling me after we already saved the day. Like, where were you? Right. What were you doing? Right. But I thought his the, his reveal was kind of I liked it, but I thought it was kind of like clumsy in how it was laid out. Like, why is he impersonating Martha Kent? Yeah, that was weird. I know that he met Lois Lane before, mm-hmm. but why would he care? And why would you know, he's like, the world needs you, too. No, we don't. She's a reporter. Like, she's dope. But that's like saying the world needs uh, Katie Couric. Like, she's dope. And I, I enjoy her work. I don't need her. I mean, at this point in time, Superman is dead. <laughs> so the, he, yeah. he has no idea what the plan is. They don't even know what the plan is at this point in time. Lois is a bystander. And. This is actually one where I think it's um, the Whedon did a better job. And maybe I'm, I might be misremembering this, but the scene when uh, Superman is brought back and he's attacking um, uh, the League and Lois shows up. And the way I think Whedon had it set up was kind of like Batman brought her as a, a get out of jail free card or something like that. Right. And this one, she just kind of happened to be there because she, you know, goes to his grave every morning and brings, you know, the cop who's watching the memorial coffee, which, you know, it's a nice thing. You know, you got to support the men in blue and stuff out there. But blue lives um, matter, Josh. (laughs) Um, You know, but this way just seems more of a something that's just written in to you know the the script to make sure that she's there without really making any sense i just think the pacing of this one where her she just happens to be there all the time versus um batman having the the forethought to be like you know what this might not go good let me uh let me go get my uh the, the ace up my sleeve and, and make sure that she's close by in case something happens since we're talking about that scene i i I found that to be really strange anyway. Like, all right, I get it with Superman coming back and being a little disoriented and not really knowing, you know, just trying to get his bearings. And I get him scanning, you know, the league members because he's assessing a threat. 
That didn't make sense to me, but good. It kind of did because you are, you know, just like anybody else, like you're disoriented. You don't know what's what and you're trying to figure it out. So that part made sense to me. He don't know Aquaman. He doesn't know Flash. He doesn't know Cyborg. He doesn't really know Wonder Woman or Batman, but he has seen them before. So Mm -hmm. what I found to be kind of strange about that whole thing is, all right, you don't recognize Wonder Woman at all. But you recognize Batman like you've known them both the same amount of time. Mm -hmm. And I get that he was the one who, you know, essentially killed you. She was there, though. Right. Like, how did you not recognize her? And then when Lois shows up, you easily recognize her. And I get it. You, you know, the, the fear and or hatred of Batman and the love for Lois are really, um, you know, really powerful emotions. But all that said to me, in all honesty, that whole scene said Batman was right the whole time. That dude <laughs> is mentally fragile and easily manipulated. And he is way too powerful to be out there left unchecked that way. Like if you could be swayed that easily one way or the other, he needed to be put down. And I think that's kind of what Zack Snyder is, is going towards in this universe. I think you're, you may be confusing the Franken movie with uh, Snyder's cut. Cause I thought he cut all the dialogue out where Batman or Superman was like, uh, you or whatever he said to, to Batman at that scene. Like, isn't it? Oh, do you, you or? do you bleed? Yeah. No, that, that part was cut out. But he's, there was still dialogue because he uh, Batman was saying to him, the world needs you. Now, the line that was to follow did get cut out, but the action that was leading up to the, the line did still come forward. Mm-hmm. Like he was he was getting ready to try to take the dude out. Actually, he did attempt to do it. He used his heat vision and, you know, Batman used those you know, fortuitously created energy gauntlets. Mm-hmm. The single <laughs> he use just, ones too. <laughs> he just so happened to need them. Well, they weren't single use, but they weren't ready for Kryptonian energy. They they became single use. <laughs> so yeah, the dialogue got cut out, but it, it was still the same thing. And then Lois shows up. In this case, she just happened to be there as opposed to being summoned. But the same result came of it, and it and it was very similar. Like you or you know one track mind because he seemed to be pretty clear when it came to batman like he was disoriented when he was dealing with wonder woman aquaman cyborg and flash it's like all right you know i don't know these people i'm under attack i'm getting them up off me or i'm eliminating a threat with batman that was oh no you did this to me so now you have to pay Still not explaining to me how he wouldn't have recognized Wonder Woman in that moment. Like, not even long enough to take a pause. I I, I got real, real problems with how Superman has been handled by Zack Snyder. Like, just in general. And I, I know I said that on the A part of this conversation, but we just got more of it. Like, this dude is not Superman. The dude that we yes. got in this in this movie was not not him. It's weird because Snyder has, he obviously knows like source material and stuff like that, but he kind of has like his own, it seems like he has his own um, like headcanon for Superman. Right. Or a version of Superman that he likes. He showed us what version it was. Oh yeah, the Injustice one. Exactly. Which, 
Eh, interesting. I mean, I, I could see towing the lines, but I don't think, you know, for a big universe, that's the Superman that you want to build this universe around because you don't want to end it or have Superman be like the big bad for multiple movies or something like that. Um, he's he's not going to be your, your, your Thanos or Galactus or whatever. Right. I, I That's why I'm like, I'm not too crazy about that. But, it, but it's crazy because Snyder has you know, like an appreciation for these characters or maybe more so the minor characters, the major characters are obviously he just views them as kind of like gods and that there's really little depth to them or, or worry about things, you know, and that's uh, for all of the flaws of the weed in cut that he kind of tried to add some humanity to them. And these characters really don't have it. It's kind of odd that he would go through so much care to layer in those smaller characters who could be bigger players and then get something like Superman pretty wrong. That's why I was just going to say, I kind of slightly disagree with your take on that because I think that there was quite a bit of humanity added to just about everybody but Superman. Batman, we got to see a lot more humanity of him and again i i kind of disagree with it like from the very beginning right when he's in iceland and he goes to meet with aquaman he shows up i'm bruce wayne and basically tells a stranger that he's batman he never did that like even in justice league comics and obviously there's a million different iterations of it but pretty consistently has been batman you know holding his secret identity really close to the vest like, you know, nobody knowing, maybe Superman, obviously, because he kind of can see through walls and such. But, you know, they they just didn't. And for him to just so freely give all of that up, I, I get it. It was softening the uh, version of Batman that we got from BVS where he's not, you know, this mass murderer, basically. Obviously, we got, you know, to see the humanity of Cyborg, which I think we will definitely have to dive into in a second. Uh, same thing with Flash. We got to see some of his personality, maybe not as much as others, but we did get to but see. But I feel like he was the most human out of all of them. And, you know, like the scene in Iceland, like, I don't think Bruce Wayne cares that this small town of like 40 people knows who he is. They worship uh, a man who... <laughs> comes from the ocean and brings them fish and they don't talk about it. So I don't know if that was, I mean, we do see him trying to make, you know, right the wrongs from the previous movie and, and recognize his mistake. But I think it's, it's pretty limited there. Even when we, you know, and all the lead up to the big fight scene at the end and, and getting the mother boxes and how it could destroy the earth and, you know, form the unity and all that other stuff. There's really not a lot of, outward concern for people and you know you know what i mean like there's there's not i complained about it in the a part of the conversation about, you know spending time saving the townspeople and i'm glad that that was cut but right. the things that were in those scenes when they were like leading up to the big face-off with steppenwolf and superman wasn't there and uh you know the joke was that Aquaman was emotional because he was on uh, Wonder Woman's lasso and stuff like that. And he was, you mm-hmm. know, like, oh, we can die and all this other stuff. I feel like those are like the elements of, of humanity that I'm I'm speaking more so where it's more kind of like apparent in this one. They're kind of like, all right, let's get this done. We, we, we still kind of got here. that, though. It just wasn't the lasso. He was still emotional. 
the line wasn't exactly the same, but I think it was still trying to convey the same level of emotion just without making a joke out of it. But I, I, I don't know. Maybe I saw something that you didn't. I agree completely with you with Flash being the most human and beyond being the most human. He was clearly the child. Right. Obviously, Flash is an adult, but he is the kid out of all of them. He's the most innocent, as it were, uh, the obviously the most inexperienced in, in these matters. Oh, he's you know, a for him to, Yeah, he is that for him to, to join the Justice League because he needs friends like that was the word that comes to mind is not the one I want to use to describe him. But it, it's yeah, he's very childlike compared to these mm-hmm. other people, which you know, it was a very, very human way of dealing with that. Like if you are encountering someone like Wonder Woman, I don't care how like tough and hardcore you are. You are a kid next to this woman. So that was over 5,000 years old. (laughs) So all all of them are younger, man. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Speaking of uh, Flash um, and not to keep jumping back and forth, but I think it's it's, like you said, it's just going to happen. Was that uh, woman in the beginning supposed to be Iris? Do you think? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm certain of it. Me too. Yeah. I was just like, oh, okay. And I'm glad they kind of lean into it. Like these are clearly breadcrumbs or or Easter eggs being left throughout the film to be potentially explored in in future films, which would be cool if this was done the first time Mm -hmm. Um, and they were going to continue down that path. So we'll, we'll see. I thought it was cool when we saw Flash in action the first time and he wasn't, you know, wearing his suit when he was there for the the interview and he like basically burned his shoes up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That was pretty cool to see, although it didn't make a whole lot of sense because if his shoes burned up, then his clothes probably should have burned up, too. But I'm nitpicking. I'm going to give it that because he only had to travel about, you know, 35 feet. But I agree with you there. So can we talk about the elephant in the room, Mr. Victor Stone? Because he clearly it. got the biggest upgrade from yes he, from from the the Franken film to this one. I actually I wrote down Cyborg actually has a purpose. He's more important. So what the heck was Whedon doing? Because the first movie I don't even remember Cyborg that much. Like I was like, what was his purpose? What was he there for? I know at the end he was like speaking with the mother boxes, but even then Superman is the one who, you know, separated them all. So this one, I thought he was, um, from all the changes, I was really happy to see one flash. I thought flash was way better in this version. I, I kind of, I still found him kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. But, I think it's supposed to be a little bit more, but cyborg is the one where I'm kind of like, okay, this is, um, this is kind of like, I don't want to say the heart of the team, but his importance to the story is makes so much sense based on what they're dealing with. Right. And his skill set and knowledge. But also, you know, there is actually like depth and stuff to his story. And I'm so happy that Cyborg was used. Yeah. Like Cyborg has been getting the shaft unnecessarily. I'm certain that I said this in the A part because I've been saying this for a few years now. Like he needs to be front and center with pretty much anything that's going on because everything is using technology. Like every problem has a, a technological foundation to it, unless it's magic. And in this case, it was very much, 
you know, advanced alien science. So why would you not have a living computer taking the lead on on quite a bit of this stuff? So I, I appreciated that in this cut of it, we got to see it and also to explore his backstory. I'm, I'm also with the Flash, too. I'm glad that we got that. We got a little bit of it in the first one, but to get a little bit more of it, you know, to flesh out these characters was really good to see. Cyborg obviously getting a little bit more of it because, quite frankly, he got almost none in the first one. The You know, he had a, a much greater importance in this version of the film. Mm-hmm. And I would be lying if the cynic in me did not also believe that cyborg got a little bit of a push because of where we are climate wise um and and you know diversity is now i'm air quoting diversity for the listeners um is now king or is now the ruler i should say i'm sure that helped but in this case no matter what uh cyborg's race happens to be uh, you know as far as his human side that was a character that needed to be at the forefront for sure Mm-hmm. I'm so 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 very glad that Joe Morton got more more to do. Silas Stone is an interesting character anyway, because the dude like was so dedicated to science that he, you know, used experimental tech on his child. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what does a, a scientist do when he's grief stricken? Turns to what he knows best. Exactly, it helps. Exactly. So that was. It was interesting to see it, but at at length, right? The first time we saw it in BVS, if you knew the story, then you could fill in the gaps. But here, you didn't have to know the story. Like, it was told to you. And I think that was really well done. And usually, it annoys me when characters do this exposition to other people, like to other characters, but it's obviously for the benefit of the audience, but it didn't bug me this time. I I, I was like, all right, it, it makes sense. And, and I guess because we got an opportunity to see it. What right. I found to be really, really interesting, and this is just on a personal note, like Cyborg's story was an emotional one. And it was supposed to be an emotionally moving story, especially when, spoiler alert, his father died and the way that he died and his response to it and him finally connecting with him again or trying to should have been a really deeply emotional moment and i think that's what snyder was going for Mm -hmm. i think it missed the mark or maybe i'm just maybe i'm just a tin man i don't know no it was um i didn't feel it it was kind of not forced but i don't know it didn't seem like as authentic it Um, forced i think (laughs) is a good word for it because that's how it felt to me too i actually i didn't like that scene at first because and they cleaned it up thankfully because at first i'm like like man silas killed himself for nothing and then they were like, no, uh, he supercharged the core and stuff. I was like, oh, okay, that's awesome. You know, that's not right. a pointless death in vain. Because at first I was just like, that's so stupid that they killed him off for no reason just to, you know, get a reaction out of Cyborg that wasn't even that good to begin with. And then I was like, oh, no, there was a purpose. So I, I get it now. Right. And he knew that. And it was well, it like, that is. Get there. Sure. But it's also a, like, that's what a scientist would do. Right. Mm-hmm. It's it's the logical step to make, even at great cost emotionally. You know, I don't have too many complaints. I know we, we talked about it via text with Cyborg about the way he moved, kind of being like creepy. And yeah, let's you know, talk about I, that. I, I landed on that. 
I think you convinced me with what you said. Because uh, at first I was like, I don't know if I like it or not. I don't know if it's like janky, you know, CGI. Are they doing too much or what? But what you said made a lot of sense to me. And I wasn't big on um, Cyborg's design. I know already I trashed Flash's uh, costume, which I still hate to this day. <laughs> but I wasn't big on Cyborg's. I would I, I would have liked to see, having seen <laughs> the remnants of, of uh, Victor, I would have liked to see some more f- uh, flesh on his uh, in his form instead of it just being, you know, his three quarters of his head left that's just personal preference you know nothing mm. that changes it just a visual thing to me i would prefer to see like his right arm or forearm still there or something like that just just a little bit but man the way he moved was uh it was creepy it was, like, it, was it was really weird it was really off-putting you know what it reminds me of is um remember like animatronics at like um yes disney world or something like when they take like the the suit off of it or whatever and you know, maybe like the head's just on it and, and it's going, doing what it's supposed to do. It's, it's weird. Yep. But it worked. Very yeah. disturbing. It made me think about that movie, AI. Okay. The, what was his kid's name? Haley Joel Osment. Haley Joel Osment, yeah. Yeah. And it was just a, a moment where they would show, like, from the side. It's the same thing that you're describing with the animatronics or um, iRobot. Like, it, it's just weird like that. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll share with the audience, though, what, what my take on that was. Because your question oh, and was... that's what it was. I, I said it was something. It reminded me, like, of Uncanny Valley. Yes, and that that's pretty apt, I would say. And it is super creepy. I am of the belief that it wasn't just janky AI. I think that was... Um, I really do think it was a choice either by the actor or the director to have him move so unnaturally. Mm-hmm. Like he's not fully human anymore. Like that has to be uh, an adjustment there. And, and what it, what that looked like to me was with these like you know dancing dogs that <laughs> that, that we see Dynamics uh, Boston Dynamics are doing, and you know teaching robots how to dance and all of that. Like it's it they're doing the movements, but it's not as fluid as what a human would do because it's not a human. Mm-hmm. Victor is not completely human and. He has the memories of what it's like to be human. But when you're walking or talking or moving, you're not really thinking about it. You just do it. It's instinctive. Mm-hmm. You can't do that the same way when most of your body is now metal. You don't got any bones anymore. Exactly. The structure isn't the same. So even when you try to do this thing that was instinctive, it's going to look weird. And I think that's what we're getting out of it. And if that was an actual choice versus me just reading too much into it. I think it was a brilliant choice because it does stand out for sure. And I, at least that's what I got from it. Like it was scary as crap, but it made sense to me, especially if we ever get to see him in this role again, I'd like to see that lesson and lesson as he gets more accustomed to moving in that body. I can't remember this might be have, have to do something with um, at least going to YouTube and not rewatching it if he moved like that in the original, cause I don't remember it being, you know, I don't remember having that maybe cause he wasn't that present in the, in, in the original. Um, but I don't remember having like an actual effect to him walking where I'm like thinking about like, why is he moving like that? Like, why does it, why does his head move like that? It's creepy. Right. No, I'm pretty sure it was only in this cut that that happened. Cause I would have remembered that. And it, there was nothing about how he moved that, 
stood out. He did do a little bit of it. Like a lot of his reactions, like the the scene when he first talked to Wonder Woman on the street. I can't remember what the line was, but it was, oh, gifts. When she said something about using the gifts and he was responding to that, like his facial movement was kind of an unnatural movement with that. But it wasn't his whole body and it wasn't constant. It was just like him responding to something that she said. And he was clearly taken aback. I really do think this was intentional because you definitely see it a lot more in this one. Like, I think it was by design for sure. And that's the frustrating thing about Snyder is he does little things like that so well Mm -hmm. and then screws up bigger things. Yeah, that's the thing. He would be a great DP for somebody else. Like I said, he shoots beautifully, but definitely leaves something to be desired. Um, I feel like a lot of what he wanted to do was to make sure that he was being very clear that this is this is a movie for adults. This mm-hmm. is not for children. Because it was some things that were unnecessary and did nothing really to, to move the story along. Cyborg's F-bomb, for instance, yeah, was, was kind of unnecessary. It was just, it was gratuitous for the sake of, yeah, this is an adult movie. This is, well, wait, 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 wait. Not an adult movie. A movie for adults. <laughs> it's a very, that's a different, that's a different Justice League. That's a different cut you're talking about. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I will say this, though. The Batman F-bomb, mm-hmm. that one made sense. Made more sense, yeah. That one made a lot more sense. It was for emphasis, right? He needed... I know we're jumping all over the place. He needed the Joker to understand exactly what he meant. Make no mistake. I will kill you. <laughs> he needed him to know that. One more thing that I'll say about Cyborg and then I'll, and then I'll get off of this. The one complaint that I will have is that, and maybe this is why Silas's death and Cyborg's response to it didn't really resonate with me because his flip was too quick. Like there was no, um, there was no resolution to their relationship to make cyborg really feel sad about anything. They didn't resolve anything until after Silas was dead. Right. Like they had a moment of mutual respect when the league came into star labs, Silas saw who it was and then he let them go past. You know, he gave him the... the I mean, he couldn't really stop him, but I know what you mean. Um, right. He didn't even make yeah. an attempt to. He was like, oh, okay, I see what you guys are doing. Do what you're going to do. And, you know, he gave him a black mm-hmm. man head nod, and they kept going. Right, right. Respect. Right. Man, people give the head nod to people they can't stand all the time. Like, that's <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that, that to me did not establish a relationship. So for them to go from there to... Cyborg supposedly being sad about Silas's death. I mean, yeah, that's his father. And but they had a very complicated relationship and there was no mending of the fence there. So it just didn't. I don't know. It didn't make sense to me. It, it wasn't. It certainly wasn't like. Uh, yeah, we, that, that scene that we will not speak of. I'm not bringing that up. And I don't know. And, and not harping back on, on the four three ratio. But I don't know if it was you or me or my TVs because I actually split this up because I didn't watch the whole thing straight through because I I just couldn't. You're not a sociopath. (laughs) Exactly. I don't enjoy punishment. 
but to me it seemed like the colors were kind of muted they weren't as rich and stuff and as they should be like I, I actually changed the settings on my tv a little bit because i was like this seems a little dull and i then i i think maybe it was just me but i think maybe that was a, a snyder decision i think so too because I was just at one point, like when I was watching another TV, I just could not. It was like so dark. I could not see what was going on. Mm. And I was like, I need to adjust this because I don't know what's happening. But so the, those are like little things that kind of annoyed me. I'm like, I think he did it for a reason. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, we were supposed to see how dark the world was. Like it was a, you know, a visual representation of the universe itself, I guess. Right. I would have liked to have known exactly how much time had passed between the end of Batman versus Superman and everything happening because yeah. it seems like everything happened in like maybe a week or two. Pretty much. I, it really I does feel reference. that way. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just wish, you know, they spent so much time on adding parts to the movie. There's like what, six parts, seven parts in an epilogue, um, which to me feels so weird because none of the other movies have ever been, have ever done that. And what's happening in these parts to me isn't really that meaningful to, that you really got to call them out like that, you know? So I thought that was kind of weird. But, I mean, you spend so much time doing that, but you can't really say, you know, at the beginning after the scream heard around the world is over, you know, you can't say six months later. You can't say, you know, right X, Y, Z. I mean, I know they, they mentioned when Bruce was going to Iceland, like copters haven't been able to get there in like six days or something. But then he flies from Iceland back to Gotham and then meets up with Barry Allen, I believe. Or he, he has tea with Diana and then meets up with Barry or something like that. Right. If you would have told me all that happened in like a day or two, I guess I would have had to believed it because I don't know. There's really no spacing in there. Even with um, how much time Steppenwolf has been on, on the Earth, there's really not a much time that they kind of indicate like i don't remember hearing anything like you know oh it's gonna take you know three clicks of the sun to do xyz or whatever i don't know right it's just a marker because other than that all of this just seems like super rushed if that's just a little cr critique that i kind of had with all the things that were happening and added to the movie in detail that's th one of the things that made it feel kind of choppy as a whole yeah I mean, it had to be some time that it passed because they had the whole monument built for Superman. So that, to me, indicates that some time has passed. But it would have been nice to have some sort of an indicator as to how much time passed. Was it six months? Was it three years? I agree. Yeah. I did like the exposition in this, though, about the mother boxes and why they you know, woke up. It's a good explanation for for the movie, but I think when you think about it a little bit, it doesn't really add up because Clark is only like in his 30s. So what the heck have they been doing for the other 4,000, you know, 970 years that they've been on that planet or whatever? There was no Kryptonian there, so. But that makes sense because there was nothing to wake him up. I, oh, I think, so I I think the it. idea of him them being afraid of Superman was just an idea that they had. Like, I agree. No, I agree I think, with what I you're think saying. I trying to explain it, that that's why the mother box didn't, didn't do anything in the prior movies because Superman was there. Right. But if you go back to before he crash lands on Earth. Why wouldn't there. it have opened so before? Just, yeah. 
So that's just one of those things. I like that they they put it in there, but at the same time, it's like, ooh, you, you kind of create more questions by adding that line in. I agree. And I'm, I'm, there's an explanation for it that I could, I'm sure that somebody could spin out of it, but you're right. I was just, the ball dropped. What did you think of Aquaman? Uh, I don't know. He To me, he wasn't that memorable. You know, I mean, like nothing really stood out to me. I liked him better, again, in the end where he wasn't just being used to, you know, say like cool one liners and act like everything's a big party as they're fighting parademons and stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, I thought he was fine. I I was curious. Did Mira have an accent in Aquaman? (laughs) (laughs) Cause I couldn't remember. And I was like, I'm not going to go back and watch it to double check, but I don't believe she was a British in Aquaman. I could be wrong. I don't remember either, to be honest. But Americans do that, like whenever somebody needs to sound different or elevated in some way, for some reason, they always end up with a British accent. That's like if they're or if they're from an ancient society, somehow they speak with a British accent. It only makes sense, man. Apparently colonialism, man, it's real. But yeah, my my initial thoughts on Aquaman were fine. I just don't remember, like if, if there's anything that would have made me want to see a spinoff of him from this movie. I don't think it was there. I think I would would actually have preferred to see um, a spinoff of uh, a Cyborg from this, or actually, I would actually see like a prequel with Hippolyta from this, but I don't know. What are you getting at with um, with Aquaman? Uh, I was just curious what your position was on him. Um, I I enjoyed him more in this one. He had a, a real broy vibe in the in the you know the Franken movie, and mm-hmm. there was some of that here, but it, it it seemed to be scaled back a little bit. I I thought it was really stupid for when they when he first met with Bruce and he's about to leave, so he's getting in the water. <laughs> What's got to take his shirt off for? He does that like, twice. <laughs> I, exactly, he does it two different times for what? The rest of your clothes are getting wet anyway, and you're in Iceland. It's quite cold. Well, I don't second, understand this. The second time, the shirt's already wet, and then he's taking it and off. And he takes a wet like, shirt off to get in the water, right? Which I, I suppose, it. I mean, I fully understand what this is about, right? This is, this is Jason Momoa taking his shirt off, not Aquaman. So this is, I am not the audience for this. I get it. But make it make sense, dog. It doesn't have to. You know what? The second time he's wearing a wet shirt, he just chugged down a bunch of whiskey. Maybe he was he was hot from that. I don't know. This is like uh, <laughs> Terry Crews and White Chicks. I don't know. I got to <laughs> dance. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, he was like he was more tolerable this time around. Like he, I just remember from the weed and cut him riding in the Batmobile or flying through the sky. You know, saying "Yeehaw!" and a whole bunch of other yeah, crap. that was terrible. But he was having the time of his life, just rocking and rolling. You know, and yeah. Basically, he needs like a puka shell necklace. They were looking, they were looking for it. Just couldn't find one big enough for him. Right, right. And I was, they were like, you know what? His character wouldn't wear that because he's attuned to uh, the life in the in the sea. It would be offensive to him. Yeah, it was awful. But the broy vibe got turned down a little bit. It was, um, I think, the casting of Momoa for that character was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I, I did enjoy. Um, the conversation with him and Volko, I thought that was pretty cool. I mm-hmm. didn't really care for 
his interaction with Mira in this one, um, they had like zero chemistry. And maybe this is. Well, that's because he didn't know her at that time. True. But still, there's usually um, an an attraction that can happen there, even with people you don't know. Like, but I mean, that's that's nitpicking. It was it was fine. Yeah, overall, he was he was fine. Like, I don't I don't I didn't dislike him. I didn't dislike any of the characters except for one, honestly. Yeah, he was fine. I think Wonder Woman again nailed it. it killed it she killed it like i I got like no i mean every part of wonder woman was nailed from the kindness of diana when she's being you know she's kind of got the motherly thing sometimes that wonder woman has that she's just you know insanely sweet and kind to people but she's a warrior like don't about it (laughs) don't don't get it twisted like she's a tooth chipper and um I was just going to dote on Wonder Woman again. It was great seeing her in action, you know, not to throw shade at 84 or anything like that. But and it wasn't really anything new. I think there were some graphics added to it. But the scene at the uh, the court at the beginning yeah. was uh, was great to see her in action. Um, when she throws that one guy into the wall, his his head explodes. Like, if you look in the background, yeah. his head explodes. And I'm like, I don't think that's in the weeding cut. No. Um, and then she kills the guy with her bracelets it was to me it was one of those scenes where it's kind of like that's a little bit extreme because there are people out on the streets and they're gonna Correct. get it with debris and stuff so I, I that was just a snyder thing to imitate his inner michael mann with an explosion yes that's exactly what that was you know everything she's done and and this is a critique that i kind of have um it's going to jump a little bit towards the end oh and, and and one of the scenes that just i hate and really is just pointless but everything she's done makes sense for who she is as a warrior so at the end beheading steppenwolf she would have no reservation she would correct no punches about that correct and that's one thing we really didn't see her do in the movie is try to go for the kill early on i think you know this character would attempt it more if she's able to in the first meeting when we see her, I think that's un- when they're fighting underneath Gotham after they have that big team up with uh, G- with Commissioner Gordon, which is kind of a pointless scene. You know, whatever it is, what it is. But then we get to the underground battle, and it's it's kind of dumb to me. It's better than the the Snyder cut, I believe. Uh, not the Snyder cut, the uh, Weeding cut, um, if I'm remembering correctly. But I think it's just kind of a little bit too long, and then the whole thing with you know i need the night crawler how does it get there so fast was it already there like and then right you you use it to climb up the walls for like two minutes and then you're overcome with parademons and then cyborg hacks it and climbs more walls and then gets out of it that doesn't really work for me i think they could actually cut that out if they were able to but the scene with with steppenwolf and wonder woman their first interaction you know she's strong but then mm-hmm. you get to see exactly, you know, how strong she is. Even the fight with um, Superman or Kal-El, um, I don't think portrays her strength enough until the point where she like headbutts him. I was gonna say I think it does portray her strength. Just that he is stronger than she is. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. But I, I just mean 
you know, you're looking at this character, you're like, oh, yeah, I know they're super strong, you know, that's that's cool. But when she headbutts Superman and he kind of looks, it gets a little, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, a little dazed or stunned or something. Then you're yeah, like, he wasn't oh, yeah, expecting she's, it. Yeah, she's she's strong. Um, mm-hmm. But this scene with, with Steppenwolf, she, you know, takes him through the wall and, and holds her own against him for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was that was great, despite the that scene kind of being kind of long, I guess. I don't I don't know. It It seemed weird didn't flow great i don't think yeah it felt like the whole purpose of that scene or the the largest purpose of that scene was to show us some more tech from batman um and certainly to give alfred a moment who actually we haven't spent much time talking about alfred Alfred was was, jeremy jeremy irons was a really good cast casting Mm -hmm. for alfred um and i like this version of him where he's not just like you know manservant but he's in not exactly an active participant, but he's he's involved. Um, that's mm-hmm. that's his confidant. He, it's, it's kind of a hybrid of, you know, Alfred Pennyworth and, and Lucius Fox is what we got out of this version of Alfred, which I dig it. And the line where, you know, they all show up and he says, oh, this is Alfred. I work for him. Like, I thought that was pretty cool. Batman yeah, probably would never say that. But the way that he defers to Alfred it does come across that way often. So I, I thought that was a pretty cool line. Now, I thought a lot of um, Jeremy Irons' lines were fantastic in the movie. Yes. There was one in the beginning when they were coming back from Iceland when he's about to get on a plane or something, and he was like, uh, people who brood in, in, the, in caves or so, something like that. I was like, man, that's a great line. That's funny. And, you know, there's, there's only so many people that, you know, in comics and in some iterations in TV and stuff who get to see the real version of like Bruce Wayne and Alfred's one of them. So it was kind of nice to see how they act their interpersonal skills with one another. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I enjoyed that. So I have no qualms with Jeremy Irons and I think he has more to do. I mean, he should, it's four hours long, but I think he has more to right. do in this cut than uh, the Whedon cut as well. For sure. What do you, what did you think about all of the teases for dark side? I enjoyed them. I thought that was a really good use of him. I like the communications with Steppenwolf and Decide first, then with Darkseid. The discovery of the anti-life equation on Earth I thought was weird. I like, didn't I didn't follow that at all. Like, at first just, I thought it was a, a vision again from uh one of the League members. Yeah, that was that was odd. Why would it be on Earth? Like, yeah, I didn't get that, but okay. Whatever. And it's like one of those things like why would you just add that on to everything else is going on you're going to add the anti-life equation to it too you already got the the mother boxes mm-hmm. forming the unity but you got to add that too you just can't have dark side want to come to earth because it was one of the few places he got molly whopped at right basically pretty easily but they had to add that in. i thought that was kind of weird and i you know throughout the movie <laughs> it's four hours long so you keep seeing, you know, communication with Darkseid or Decide at first, and then you see Darkseid, and you're like, is he going to come? Which and I enjoyed. Like, yeah, I did too. I, at first, I thought it was going to be annoying, but I was like, no, Darkseid is coming. Like, he he is going to be here. And then I was like, well, no, no, he's he's not. Like, as it's winding down and they kill uh, Steppenwolf and, and send his head back to him, I was like, no, it's over, but they're alluding to you know a definite sequel where he will be a bigger part i don't know if it's gonna be like a direct sequel or you know 
and this of course is speaking in the, the world that this is canon and you know goes places but um i liked it i thought the pacing was good i thought um you know his involvement and stuff and uh the flashback was great and then when he finally talks to steppenwolf and you're, and you're like okay no dark side is here like this is not a flashback this is like live happening now um i thought that was pretty cool i did think Desai was about to die at the end though yeah i did too I did too because like you like why are you talking crazy, dude? You yeah. you are going to die. <laughs> I, I mean, I legit thought he was about to die. I was like, oh okay, and then I did too. Happened. Like, are you serious? I told you so to Dark Side, <laughs> right? I'm like, who are you talking to? <laughs> like, Steppenwolf is uh, Dark Side's uncle, right? Like, right. And he he's dead, and he and he don't even like this dude. He don't care about him. Who are you? Yeah, I. I I'm I'm quite surprised that he survived that one. Me too. I'm glad I'm not the only one too. It was kind of almost set up for that because of the the way the camera was shot. It was like really close up on him. You couldn't see Dark Side. You only saw Decide while he was talking, which to me I thought was the setup for the Omega Beam to come out of nowhere and just kind of vaporize him. But mm-hmm. no, I think um, the use of Dark Side was really good. We we got just enough of him. I think any more would have been too much, especially for him not to be like the main villain in this. Like, I think it would have been an instance where it's like too many villains in the film, right. especially at that point, there was only like, you know, an hour left. So how much, how much more story could you tell? You need all that time for slow-mo shots. <laughs> right. Well, since we are talking about the death of Steppenwolf and decides comment and dark side, before moving on to Steppenwolf, another thing that I wasn't crazy about. I liked him. I, look, I, he looked way better than he did in Whedon's version. I didn't like that one. I didn't. I wasn't crazy about this. His armor, it reminded me too much of the Destroyer from uh, uh, Marvel or Thor. I didn't care too much for the armor. But I would have preferred to see, especially when he started like engaging with Wonder Woman. And uh, I know Superman at the end, you know, he, he you see one of his horns is broken off. But I would have preferred to see a little bit more damage on him. Mm-hmm. from the fights especially by the time superman shows up you know a couple punches from him especially the fact that uh superman was using his heat vision on his face we should have seen a little bit more damage to him and you know after all it was a grown-up movie and not for children right as Zack snyder so uh subtly told us throughout yeah yeah you gotta gotta push the envelope with them f-bombs <laughs> <laughs> I think I actually kind of dug Steppenwolf's armor. It did look a lot like the Destroyer armor for sure, but I think that's just a function of what the character looks like. It just, you know, those similarities were there. His armor, if I'm not mistaken, is like a living organism, and it behaved that way in the film, which I kind of dug that, and I think that's why we didn't see a lot of damage either. Like, it was self-repairing almost. Not even almost, it was. Because if you think about it, in the very beginning with the uh with the yeah, first with arrows, box he pulls it out and yep. they, they yeah he ain't pulled them out he just place. snapped them <laughs> just snapped them with the armor which i thought was pretty cool and it, it'll I, at least for me that that kind of ended any internal debate about you know damage and whether or not it was self-healing because we got to see what it would do in that circumstance so i have to assume that it would continue on in that same vein but I would see. I would think that 
yeah, arrows could heal, but I feel like a punch from Superman or Wonder Woman would take a little bit more to bounce back from. Mm-hmm. But you also got to remember, this dude is from Apocalypse. Like, That's it's true. Not a not a friendly place. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I did forget. Yeah, that that for me, I could I could definitely see where that might be a question or you know bothersome, but it it yeah it didn't even register for me. That wasn't an issue at all. I actually kind of like Steppenwolf in this version of it. Yeah, I did too. I I thought it was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> when then uh, decides that you owe him fifty thousand more worlds, like dang. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before 50, you can even talk to him, fifty thousand. <laughs> 50,000 worlds, then you could talk to him. Oh, I'm and, like, and y'all man. thought Thanos was crazy. Right. And this point, and he's already, uh, they already said he, he, he had already conquered like tens of thousands of worlds at that point, but that still wasn't good enough. Nah, that ain't enough. <laughs> that is not enough. <laughs> yeah, it do seem he was such a punk, though, to go home. He looked like he was about to cry in that one scene. So you just oh. want to talk to him. Let me, let yeah. me talk to Darkseid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, he he did kind of look have the lost puppy face. Yeah, for sure. That's funny. So then that leads us to we talked a little bit about this person, the Batman. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Um, I am a fan of Ben Affleck's Batman. Mm. I don't know, because he, he's a brooding version. He, he's like a recovering brooding version. So we got the brooding, you know, old man. Um, pushes everyone away, cantankerous Bruce and Batman versus Superman, any kind of changes. Um, I'm glad they didn't, you know, go down the whole Whedon tunnel of, like, trying to make retribution to Superman and stuff. There was only, like, the one line, like, you know, I swore to him on his death or something, or, you know, I got to make it up to him and bring us together or something like that. Mm-hmm. I still wanted more clarity on that vision, and I like that they mentioned when he was talking with uh, Diana, he was like, yeah, I was sitting right here and I had a dream or, or a vision or whatever it was. And Barry was here and, and told me X, Y, Z. I still wish they would have, you know, given more information on that because, in, or maybe they couldn't move it up in the story or something, but just, you know, at the beginning of the movie, after the death scream, and then before he goes to Iceland, explaining what it is that makes him want to put this team together mm-hmm. versus just trying to honor Superman's memory. Like, you know what I mean? Like we need a little bit more, or I felt like I needed a little bit more explanation on that mm-hmm. because I just am like, why, what's your motivation? Why, why do you, why do you care? The, these heroes are existing and they're saving the world in their own respective cities and across the pl- you know planet. And the, in the case of um, wonder woman. So, I just didn't understand why he cared so much and wish they, they explained it a, better. I think he was fearful of that vision in addition to the promise that he made. My But did he even make a promise in Batman versus Superman or he just no. watched the dude die? He just he killed it. he killed him and then that was that. Like what no promise made. <laughs> Not that we saw. Okay. That's why I was like that doesn't even make sense. Mm-mm. Beyond that from the first time that we got it to now, I thought the nightmare vision or whatever it is that that is being referred to as was one of the dumbest things that they have done in this series. When has Batman ever 
been shown to have any sort of clairvoyance or abilities to see that like, nah, this doesn't that doesn't make sense. Right. If it was going to be anybody to have a vision, it would have made more sense for it to be Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. She traffics in that space. And maybe they because they didn't do it good. Maybe it is Martian Manhunter who is influencing him because he the only reason he would know that Lois is important is if he somehow knew of those visions or or what you know Superman's capable of if she dies. That's the only thing that kind of would make sense to me is that that's the source. Wait, 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 are you talking about the vision when Flash pops up or the one at the 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 end? Where they're the, all they're all related, if I'm not mistaken. They're all related because it's supposed to be. So the way I figure it, when we first got the vision from Flash, that was supposed to be, you know, Barry from the future. And see, that's what I thought it was supposed to be initially from the future. Now it appears that it was Barry from an alternate universe. Um, either way, it yeah, it didn't hmm. didn't make a whole lot of sense to me that no. you know Batman would be the recipient of it. I didn't no. like it at all, and I don't like that Injustice Superman is like even a thing, and only because I'll, I'll get to that later. That's probably my only real complaint with Batman in this one. That and I, I do feel like he was a little bit out of character with being so forthcoming with all the information. But, mm-hmm. you know, if he thought the world was in danger, maybe those things don't matter anymore. I don't know. What I did find interesting was I think he was pretty well ready to commit suicide. I think his plan at the point of attack for Steppenwolf was that not make any sense. I don't think it was ever I don't think his plan was ever for him ever to come back. That's why he said, you know, whatever you see, stick to the plan. Mm -hmm. And I think that was his way of, you know, I have fulfilled my debt to Superman. Now, now, whatever his motivation would be to do that, that I, I would question that. But his behavior seemed to lead in that direction. And honestly, if he was like planning not to survive this, then the giving up of all this information does make sense. Right. Because right? if he's going to die anyway, it doesn't doesn't matter whether I've kept these secrets. I thought that was interesting and maybe he wasn't right. But it seemed it sure seemed that way to me. That he was like, all right, I'm a, I'm the I'm the human being and I'm about to go out here by myself <laughs> and. um you know, I've instructed the team don't basically don't come look for me like you go do what you got to do. And I'm just going to go out here. Um, I, I feel like he wasn't intending to return. And I, I thought it was pretty cool that they didn't listen to him, mm-hmm. you know, and he and he allowed for that. Right. He didn't scold them for not um, following the plan, which they certainly would have. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I guess I accepted a little bit of him being out of character and it didn't didn't bug me so much just because it was a hero, heroic moment for the team. Yeah. Although the freeze kind of frame weird. moment, my bad, one more thing, that that freeze frame moment that they did a la Avengers, I thought was corny. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was super corny. Yeah. Yeah. I thought his, the plan was kind of dumb. 
you know, you're, you're approaching Steppenwolf's fortress, which has some sort of, you know, force field around it, and you're going to shoot missiles at it. That, to me, that didn't make too much sense. Um, even though he, he got through somehow. I don't remember exactly how, but, um, yeah, I don't know. The, the ending, to me, I liked it because it seems like Batman had more to do in this version at the end. He did. Um, in the Whedon cut, it was, he was like a non-factor, which, you know, I get it. He's you know, a human going against, you know, parademons and extraterrestrials and crap like that. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that makes sense, uh, that he would have a little less to do, but not to the point where he just disappears for the last act of the movie. So I like that he was right. still around and, um, involved to an extent. And I mean, I'd say he was, he was pretty heavily involved because, yeah. You know, he was thinning out the herd. He's getting his hands on the weapons, and yeah, he was he was definitely doing Batman things. <laughs> I feel like that should be a T-shirt: doing Batman things, doing Batman things. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool to see, and I agree. Um, ben Affleck does good work. I do kind of like what they did with his voice in this one. Yeah, big fan of it. That made sense, even more than what what uh, Nolan did with Christian Bale. Well, it was like that in Batman vs Superman, where it's kind of like a mechanical voice, or it, it was, but it it was different. It sounded more robotic in BVS than it did here. This sounded like a human. Clearly, it was altered, but it didn't sound so fake to me. Mm-hmm. Like it sounded like this could be a person's voice, but it obviously is not. Yeah, in Batman v Superman, it seems more like a growl. Yes, so I kind of dug what they did with this. I kind of was laughing in the scene where he lost his uh, grappling gun and it had like this really nice like wood grain handle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like yeah, this dude's a billionaire through and through. Yeah, that didn't make sense. Like, I feel like that it should have been more of a, I don't know, like a graphite or something. Or yes. Kevlari. Yes. I don't know. It just didn't make any sense. Uh, that wood trouble, is <laughs> wood is very uh, slippery and not really built for war. I agree. Yeah. I don't think he would have had a, a wood wood grain handle on the grappling gun. But I mean, all in all, I, I thought he was pretty great. Like, like I, I enjoyed the movie, and I think part of that it, that allowed me to do it is is not remembering a lot of um, yeah the the original one. It is a better movie. Oh, by far than the original, but it's still not great. And to have waited four years for it, it's kind of like, ah, what's the point? Right. You know, we're, we're talking about all the flaws and I'm, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but, you know, because it's like we're talking about these things. It's like, yeah, but I can live with it. Correct. Still enjoyed it. Correct. Which is kind of weird to say after four years of not enjoying the other one. Right. I definitely put this toward the top half of DC movies for sure. It's not at the top, but it's up there. Certainly better than Justice League is better than BVS. Definitely better than Suicide Squad and Birds of Prey. Well, I haven't seen Birds of Prey, but I would imagine it is. Oh, it's awful. It's awful. <laughs> but it, it's a very low threshold, too, which is pretty sad. Right. But even even this movie, even though I enjoyed it, and maybe I'm jumping ahead, I feel like the last few minutes with the, the last dream sequence is kind of pointless. They've already yep. alluded that Darkseid is coming. They could have just left it at there. They don't have to allude to the dream that they have failed to explain anymore you know save that for the future right if you're gonna make superman go bad or something like that but you don't have to waste 
another 15 minutes because I think it was like the three hour and 45 minute mark where it starts happening. And I was kind of like when the movie's almost over, I'm like, oh, okay, I guess they took that dream sequence out, which is fine with me because I didn't like it in the original one because it didn't really make too much sense to me. Right here. It makes only only like point oh oh one percent more sense in this film. But I still feel like they didn't need it. I feel like you need to check your math, sir, because I don't think it made any more sense. If Darkseid was the coming big bad and we saw the Omega sign in the original, you know, nightmare sequence, Lois Lane being the key made zero sense. Oh, you're crap. You're right. As it relates to Darkseid. The only thing that would make it make sense is if they're trying to say that Superman went bad under the influence of Darkseid. But if that were the case, Lois would not be the key. So I didn't think it made much sense at all. I think what it was, was it was just red herring. If you don't know injustice, then you don't see Superman coming. I know injustice. You know injustice. The -hmm. fact that the Joker is there screams injustice. Slade. Yep. You got heroes and villains teaming up in this, you know, wasteland. And they kept saying, well, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to. So I'm sure most of the audience was thinking it was dark side, which, you know, God bless him, because I'm sure that would have been a, a heck of a moment to be surprised by that. I happen to not be because I, I, you know, it, it was blatantly obvious to me what mm-hmm. what was Where happening. Was yeah. Especially when, you know, Joker went on his monologue. I'm like, all right, well, we know who this person is going to be and we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, if Darkseid is the guy, then why make Superman the guy? It was it was weird. There was a, a huge disconnect there. Yeah. See, I took that scene as the scorched earth was from Superman, not Darkseid. And I thought, but now that I'm thinking about it, it doesn't make any sense. Like Lois' death being brought on by Darkseid, why would Superman turn bad and destroy the earth unless he blamed Bruce for bringing him back question mark like <laughs> Damn, now I'm it, thinking it through and I'm like that this makes zero sense so they could have they could have saved that they could have saved you know whatever they paid Jared Leto for that right <laughs> extra shot because it doesn't make sense it doesn't belong there and that's part of the clunky things and it's sad that the movie kind of ends on that note well it ends on the note of Martian Manhunter after the fact Ooh, which even now, worse thinking, but now i'm thinking he was there maybe he was making bruce see that stuff but whatever we'll, we'll dive into it later maybe where he shows up and he's like yeah you know this, this is my home too i'm glad you guys saved it peace <laughs> like in the scene where uh man i hated that it was it was another corny scene where he's like i go by many names or something and then they have like a whole conversation after he's like oh and some people call me Martian Manhunters. No big deal. It's like, nobody knows who you are. Nobody calls you that. Don't, don't nobody call you that. Who would call you Martian Manhunter? Yeah. Honestly. No nobody one. knows you exist. Even Lex Luthor didn't know you existed, apparently. And he knows everything. Oh, that's another scene. Lex's escape from um, prison was That was interesting. It, it, yeah. was it was pointless. It was quite pointless, but it was, it was interesting. I feel like they already... Maybe they didn't do it in Batman v Superman. No, Batman v Superman, he visits him in prison and punches the wall. Correct. Instead of branding him. Man, Batman was vicious. Yes. 
So yeah, maybe it wasn't we didn't cut where he was um he did escape, but I feel like they could have cut that scene. It was it held no weight. I mean, we're not getting a Ben Affleck Batman movie. Right. Who and we're not getting the Legion of Doom, which is really what that scene was meant to convey. But that's not the direction they're going, so it it, it was kind of pointless to put it in here for sure. Speaking of stuff that doesn't make sense. So I have two bones to pick. Actually, I have three. <laughs> toward the end of the film but re- um, really really I, you're, you're gonna be like well but i have another one so i have four four I, I, i'm just kidding i probably will to be honest with you <laughs> um i've been i've been holding on to this one though Uh-oh. the kryptonian <laughs> so when i said that i didn't dislike any of the characters except one that was the one from the time and I had the same issue with him throughout the DC universe, but it was much more evident here than, than before. Maybe not more evident, but it, it, it's, we got to see more of it and it just doesn't make sense to me. Like he shows a brutality that is so out of character for Superman. It's ridiculous from the, you know, from the Wonder Woman head bunning to the way that he came after Batman, the Batman thing makes kind of makes sense, right? Because maybe he's just overcome with that kind of anger. It just doesn't add up to me. Like Superman has never been about that, which is why he is who he is, why he's revered the way he is. And then the scene with Steppenwolf, first of all, his intro, as far as, you know, he- hero entrances, that was terrible. It was anticipated. Like you knew something was going to happen. Sure. Like, you knew you know, somebody you know was coming to get this party? Superman. Right. Oh, Cyborg's about to get stabbed in the back. I, you know who's going to probably save him? Superman. I mean, and the line. The what line. Did he say not impressed or something? Not impressed. Get the heck out of here. <laughs> I mean, next he's going to be like, what are those? Pretty much. <laughs> Not impressed. Like, come on, man. It That was awful. That was an awful introduction to the character. And then, you know, the way that was, he was fighting. Was the mustache gate, though. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> this is true. And then when he was fighting with Steppenwolf and the, you know, the breaking of the horn. Like, it, he just, it, it was brutal. And that's just not ever been him. So when they broke when they broke the horn off, did they show that? Because I just remember him like getting off, and I was like, "Oh, his his." Oh no, they sh- no they showed him break the horn. I don't know. <laughs> like, I I understand him recognizing that Steppenwolf is strong enough to take the punches. Right, I get that. I don't know. Maybe it was just the fact that he did break the horn that it was needlessly brutal in my opinion, and unnecessary for him. Now, Wonder Woman cutting his head off makes sense to me. Also brutal, not necessarily needlessly brutal, and not inconsistent with... I mean, at that point, it's pretty humane. I mean, he already got the crap beat out of him. He got his face lasered and half of his... a third of his head broken off, so... Right. Just put him out of his misery. Pretty much, and, and her thing was... We got to solve this problem. <laughs> You're a threat. <laughs> You're not going to be a threat anymore. Correct. 
And again, that is the Amazon way, right? She's a, of a warrior race, so that makes this sense. This is the way. This is the way. <laughs> She's also a Mandalorian. Yeah, I just I, I I couldn't I couldn't rock with just how brutal this dude was, and I think what Zack Snyder has been trying to do all along. I, I think I said this about Man of Steel, like they were leading up to Injustice Superman, which is what we got. And I'm sure I've said this before on the show, but I'm going to say it again. Like Injustice Superman only works and it's only interesting because of who Superman has been for 80 years. Like he's been the Boy Scout. So that's what makes Injustice interesting, because you expect that if there's going to be a rogue hero, that is going to be Batman. And he's the one that's going to try to, you know, institute martial law and is executing criminals and stuff like that, because that's more akin to where he would be. And Justice Superman is interesting because no way would that be this guy. But Zack Snyder was like, no, that's been him all along. If that's the case, then Batman is right. And Superman does need to die. Or he needs to get the heck off our planet. Build that global space wall. There you go. (laughs) Um, I didn't have an issue with that because I think Steppenwolf could take it. I didn't see the how his his horn got broken. So I just know he he it was broken when he stood up. Right. But he still had all his teeth. So I'm going to have to go back and see the scene. The issue I've had, and I've had this with the with the weed and cut too, is when, when they wake him up, not wake him up, they bring him back from being dead, is Superman was dead. Mm-hmm. He should be a little bit weakened, you know, and that's kind of where I wish they did do the, uh, the death of Superman and take from that where, you know, his body was... Um, which is a huge uh, Jesus, uh, not ripoff, but uh, parallel to the accounts <laughs> account sure. there. When I think about it, they steal his body from the crypt and um, put him in a chamber so he can heal, you know, with a good old Kryptonian medicine. I kind of wish they would have done something like that versus, you know, the mother, the mother box thing makes sense. You know, the way they, they explain how it works made total sense. But to me, for him to, and maybe that's why, you know, Aquaman and, who is strong and powerful, unless you watch Titans, <laughs> and durable, was able to keep up with him more, and why, why uh, Wonder Woman was able to keep up with him. Maybe he was weakened, and maybe that's why they show him, you know, fly up to the sun to get restore yeah. some of his power. But I, I just kind of wish he was a little bit weakened when he came back. And, or explain and, it a little bit better. Like, yeah. y'all had time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he's, he, he's been in... The dirt, you know, his cells have not been working. Exactly. There is no energy left in his body. That's a kind of issue I had. Um, he shouldn't have been full powered. Mm-hmm. As far as like the violence, you know, I guess I didn't know. Maybe, maybe I'm desensitized to it or something. I thought him going towards Batman. Now that you mention it, you know, like yeah, he used his heat vision on him. He didn't do that with any, did he? Mm-mm. He didn't do that with any of the other ones. Even with Flash, he didn't really put a hand on him. He moved out the way. Well, he tried to hit him. He just missed. Did he? Yeah, he tried to hit him a couple times. Okay. I'm thinking of the scene where he's running along um, the pond and Superman ducks out the way and then Flash hits Aquaman. But I guess earlier in the fight, they, he may have tried to hit him or something. So, yeah, no, it's something to think about. That, yeah, he tried to uh, take Batman down. But and I know it's a movie and again, suspending disbelief. But, you know, Batman's such a G that he moves his arms faster than the speed of light. 
because he shouldn't have been able to block the heat vision. But he can, I'm sure, can anticipate that as well. So it's not yeah, that he's moving faster than the speed of light. He just kind of knows his opponent because, as I've been saying for the longest, Superman can't fight. Not at all. And I'm not the biggest Superman fan to begin with. But no I way. But I respect, <laughs> I respect the character, even if I don't enjoy him because he's written poorly all the time. But I understand what he's supposed to represent, and I just feel like he was grossly misrepresented in this film. Like, I guess it has gotten progressively worse. <laughs> Man of Steel was bad, but you could kind of justify it, right? He's still new, and quite frankly, if he didn't kill Zod, it was going to go bad for everybody. BVS, yeah, that was weird in and of its own thing. And then there's this. Which ultimately culminated in us seeing, you know, what would eventually be Injustice Superman or Superman the Executioner, which missed me which with all that. Which is funny because I just watched those episodes of uh, Justice League. Oh, wow. With the Justice Lords. And he was uh, lobotomizing everybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if I'll rewatch it um, anytime soon. It's too long. <laughs> you know, it's the weird thing is this is a more rewatchable movie than the other one. By far. I'm going to look at it from a different angle, though, because I didn't really consider it. I mean, everything he was doing was pretty much overkill when he was fighting them. Yes. Right, right after he's brought back, because he, even Wonder Woman, as powerful as she is, can't really defeat him without Kryptonite. I mean, hand to hand, she would whoop him. Right. But she just, he's, he's, he's more durable. He than got her. her. For sure. Yeah. Raw strength, he got her, but it, it's, you know, Thanos versus the Hulk, right? If they're close in strength, Thanos has the edge because he's a trained warrior where the Hulk is not. Hulk is just a brawler. I know you don't agree with that assessment of it, but we've seen what happened. <laughs> I've come around a little bit, but anyway, we're not talking about Avengers. No, we are not. That. In a head up fight, yes, it makes sense. But that's all I'm saying. Like, if one person has skill, the other person does not. Even if the person without skill is stronger, they're likely to lose. Or you have the talent without the the experience or skill to to really wield it properly. And I got one more question and I'm done. Even though I got millions more things I can say, but I'm not going to keep flipping. There's so much to unpack in this movie. There is. There is. A while to understand how I felt about it. (laughs) For sure. And I think when I ask this question, I'm sure this is somewhere in your notes as well. Where in Blue Ivy's Earth are the Green Lanterns? I don't know. And that's something I said in the the A part of the conversation is that they need to show up. The Green Lanterns of Sector 2814. Where the heck are they? Because this is affecting your sector. Um, There's going to be a planet that is going to be destroyed and the mother boxes or something should have alerted them. I like the flashback that we got, but I would have liked to see. And maybe it would have been an, an instance of too many heroes, but maybe not. Because I don't feel like Zack Snyder thinks that's a thing because he threw in Martian Manhunter willy-nilly and randomly. Right. But th- that's something I would have liked to see is like the Green Lantern show up. Maybe not, um, uh, you know, Hal Jordan, but um, somebody. Abensur- but yeah, it could have been Abensur. Somebody definitely could have represented the Green Lantern because it doesn't make sense, especially since you've already shown that they exist. Mm-hmm. So if they if if there was a, a lantern that was around when Darkseid showed up the first time, 
then why wouldn't there be one now? And if nothing right. else, if the lanterns don't show up, they could have had a, a, a scene on Oa explaining why there was no lantern. Mm-hmm. Like maybe the guardians gave up on Earth or something. But this is akin to your house being next to the police station, somebody breaking in your house, and the cops don't come. <laughs> that never happens. <laughs> I, I would have liked to see, and I know DC doesn't doesn't do end scenes, but I think like this would have been a better end scene than, than the one we got with the with uh, the dream, and then mm-hmm. Russian Manhunter and uh, Bruce. I would have liked to see maybe, like you said, like the Guardians talking to uh, Desaad and being like, "We know you're up to something. Don't try anything," or something like that. That way, at least it's kind of addressed. You know, maybe maybe not that ham-fisted or something like that, but... Acknowledging that they exist. Because otherwise, the beginning uh, shot was interesting to see, but kind of wholly unnecessary. Because we were saying, yep, the police are out there, but they ain't showing up. Yeah, that doesn't make too much sense. It's another a loose end. Again, information that got put out and then, you know, never mentioned again and actually leads to more questions than... right. The, the fan service or whatever it is that they're trying to get to. I don't know. I feel like a lot of my complaints have felt nitpicky, I suppose, but I think most of what I have complained about, I think are all valid. And I suppose that's pretty self-serving. Yeah. I think what I said <laughs> was right, <laughs> but overall, honestly, it was like the itis it could be. That's 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 the best I can go with that one. It was it was fine. Was it as you expected it to be? Um, it was. It was beautifully shot with with some flaws. Um, it was it was a Zack Snyder film for sure. Um, I was I was cautiously optimistic that you know we might get some some improvements, especially considering that you pretty much got a second chance at. <laughs> making a movie and you got to hear all of the complaints about the first one. It's like, you know, getting a second opportunity to take a test in school. And with a second chance, you should really knock it out of the park. And I don't think that he quite did that. He improved, but he went from like failing the exam to getting a C on it. Yeah, it's still passing technically, but. And there was improvement. But it's like, yo, if you have already seen the test, and you know what the expectations are and you got extra time to do it again. You should be getting an A. I don't know if I can say I was, I was pleasantly surprised. Like I've said, this is better than the first one. It's ultimately kind of confusing because it's like, does it even matter at this point? And I actually, I kind of think it does. I think, you know, I said it, I said it earlier that it puts them in a better place to move forward than they were at before in this universe with these characters. Oh, speaking of which we did, we did not talk about it, but that's okay. Flash running backwards in time. Wholly unnecessary. <laughs> Wholly unnecessary. Like it was, was, it was drama I, for drama's sake. I was so confused and had to rewind it because I'm like, wait a minute, what happened? Is this um, is this another vision that that's, they yep. split to? And and I I missed it. Like, did I blink? Yeah, that scene was was insane. I don't know, man. There was no reason for that to be the case. Like, mm-hmm. they could have 
just allowed him to because he was going to do it right. He was going to save the day. Mm-hmm. I think it was to build suspense unnecessarily and also to let us know that Flash can time travel in case we didn't know that already. Another clunky thing, but I think it was okay. It wasn't what I expected. I didn't really have too much too too many expectations for it. And um I didn't hate watching it, you know, I wasn't pain to watch. Like that was a pain to watch only because it was like four hours. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you know, I if you haven't seen it, I think it's worth checking out. Schedule a bathroom break. <laughs> Don't drink anything before you watch it for at least six hours before you sit down to watch it. You should be okay. And Jack. <laughs> it's a weird movie, though, because it's not like you said, you got to bring it and knock it out the park. And it didn't do that. It got on base. <laughs> right. And and that it may have been a bunt how they got there, too. It wasn't it may not even been a, a hit. If it had come out four years ago, I think it still would have been a little bit disappointing, but not as disappointing as Justice League was. But then, you know, it being four years later and we've had Aquaman and we've had Suicide Squad and Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman 84. Is it too late? Maybe. Does it change anything? Probably not. I don't know. Other than, you know, the, the fan service and appeasing the fans. What's what's the point? Ego. Yeah, I was trying to determine the message at the beginning about the film being preserved for Zack Snyder's image. Mm-hmm. Are they throwing shade? You know, they're like, okay, if this is bad, then, you know, we're we're dusting our hands off and walking away because, you know, we didn't, uh, we let him do what he wanted to do. And uh, right. we didn't give him any notes or anything for changes. Which, you know, Warner Brothers were, they were meddling. I mean, it wasn't just with, with Snyder's projects. It was, you know, a problem consistently in projects that were going on over there so i agree with josh you know i would definitely say give it a chance it's definitely worth a watch we did it jb we watched Zack snyder's justice league it was long man i don't yeah i don't think i could sit and watch anything for four hours again it's like one of the the longest movies ever made like in that category now no doubt about it (laughs) for better or worse kudos to Zack Snyder and to Warner Brothers for for making that decision and here's to hoping that you know it helps them right the ship however that may be possible I mean they introduced a bunch of um, new characters we you know we got Martian Manhunter there's something weird going on with the future we're gonna get you know Injustice Superman maybe Darkseid is coming eventually mm-hmm. there are things that they can do to move it forward you know for justice league 2 or you know maybe like a captain america like mini avengers-esque movie that they can move forward to or a show or miniseries or something let's just hope that they um they get it right because their batting average is, is pretty bad and they yes, took a gut punch for 84 rightfully so there's too many interesting characters who are you know, crushing it um, like Wonder Woman in this in this film to go back to the drawing board and implode the whole thing. So hopefully they can salvage it. I agree with you. Got that on record. JB agrees. So once in a lifetime thing like the Green Lantern showing up. Right. <laughs> once every 5,000 years. <laughs>
get the unity to align. I got no homework for the people this week. I mean, we we've already devoted between the two of us eight hours <laughs> plus yeah. recording this. Yeah, I feel like I've given given enough for these nerds. My homework is go watch Zack Snyder's Justice League. Let us know what you think. But how can the people do that, Josh? You can uh, contact us on social media. So you can follow us on Instagram at views from the back of the class underscore pod. You can uh, follow us on Twitter at the other N word. You can email us at viewspod at gmail.com or you can call or text at 312-521-0527. And on that note, class dismissed.